1: Hey guys,
0: Ben here. I'm gonna get to the podcast in just a second. Uh, just as a <laughs> programming note, I did this with our friend Adam Rubin from TruthAboutIt.net. We, because this game was so bad, we decided to start recording it during the game and I tried doing it over a Google Hangout just to try something different. It was okay for a little bit. Sound got a little wonky, so we switched it back at one point to our usual method. So hopefully the sound at the beginning isn't, uh, So bad, but honestly, it probably, on some spots, might be mirrors that game we just watched. Anyway, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Let's get to the podcast. This is the Locked On Wizards podcast. The one thing I can tell you about this Wizards jazz game tonight is that the Wizards were not locked in. Uh, we are I, – I, Ben Standick here, Adam Rubin here, a.k.a. Liddell's Place, and we – the game is still going on. There's 837 left in this game as we're talking, but this game is long, long over. The Wizards are down, Adam, by not one, not two, not three, but currently 41 points. So, for, rather than wait till this is over and discuss utter debacle all around, we decided, oh, let's just do it now. And we are going to, in fact, doing this live on a Google Hangout to try it, because why not try something different? Uh, the Wizards need to try something different, uh, because whatever they did tonight did not work. Uh, so, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll just presume this is going to end like this, and there will be a major comeback. I'm going to take that risk, Adam.
2: Well, we're doing it live, so if something changes, we'll change on the fly. <laughs>
0: there you go. Well, well right, right now, uh, down 40 – wait, what are that, 44 points? It's 102 to 58. Wow, they might get doubled up here. This is getting get interesting. Um, what, 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 what's your prediction? Do they get this thing under 30 by the end? What's more like the under 30 or does it get to 50? I
2: mean, 50, that's got to end with some hard fouls and some ejections if you get down 50.
0: Well, I mean, they're already. I mean, they're down forty-four right now. Forty-four, but Ubre's in. He'll take a
2: hard foul. Uh, Mike Scott, I think, is good for a hard foul if it gets uh, up to fifty. uh eh, probably not. Uh, and Marquise's already taken a few, so I would hope they can keep it around forty. Is that does that mean anything?
0: I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, so so here's the thing. let, let, let let's try to. This is, this is the game, but normally even in some of these blowouts, you know, you can point to, you know, something of note, the plucky second unit, uh, you know, one player, you know, in the sea of misery, there's one player who hit, you know, seven of ten shots. The, the, I, I, there is nothing, nothing good happening here. I mean, I, if you can find the silver lining in this game, you are a better man than I. I, I don't know if I see anything. You don't need to go out of your way to try. I'm just saying this is um, soup to nuts, a disaster. But in fairness to the Wizards, Utah was unreal from the start on both ends of the court. They were unbelievably crisp offensively, getting the ball. Uh, they had more wide open shots than I can than I think I've seen the Wizards allow in the last like ten games combined. And then defensively, they were just forcing the Wizards into a lot of long twos, and and, and this game has just really been a a debacle. I don't know how else to say it.
2: Well, I mean, a lot of those open threes were because there was no closeout at all. I mean, Washington was just packing it all in defensively, and nobody was getting out on the shooters when they swung the ball. And and then just a complete lack of rim protection. I mean, Utah was just driving down – whether it's on fast breaks, whether in the half court, whether on Gortat, whether on Mahimi, uh, it, it didn't matter. So yeah, they were playing well, but as I'm seeing another uncontested layup, it, you know, you got, you, they played well, but you also have to say Washington was just horrendous. So it was sort of
0: a, for a 45 point game. Yeah. Um, by the way, in bigger NBA news, it says, it looks like here that Steph Curry left the locker room in Golden State uh after rolling – he left the locker room on crutches after rolling his ankle. In, in other news, Kevin Durant and, and Boogie Cousins' Wizards obsessions past and present, or Wizards Twitter obsessions past and present, uh got into it a little bit tonight. Both got ejected. Um, I, I'm pointing out other things that are going on in the NBA because I really don't feel like talking about this game.
2: <laughs> but – uh Wait. You're treating it like an actual broadcast when they start talking about just other <laughs> things that have nothing to do with the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um All right, I mean, you know, look, obviously we'll get a final box later, but looking at it right now, as we're talking, the Wizards are shooting 30.9% from the field. That's up from where it's been most of the game. Uh, they're 4 of 17 from 3. Meanwhile, Utah is shooting 58% from the field. That's down, feels like. Uh, they're 16 of 33 from 3. They've got, uh, earlier in the first half, they had assists. They were assisting on like almost every basket. Just tremendous, uh, ball movement, uh, out of them. I didn't realize Alec Burks has 27 points. I knew Donovan Mitchell, the rookie who just looked phenomenal tonight. He was killing them early and Rudy Gobert comes back. He was a presence inside right off the bat. I just didn't realize Alec Burks was the one who was, uh, finished, gonna, looks like he would probably finish here as the high man with 27. Uh w if you had to pick one thing that got the Wizards off kilter here, what would you uh what would you go with?
2: I'd go with the rim protection because Donovan Mitchell was getting in the lane, Sephalosha, I mean you can't allow Sefalosha to turn the corner and have uncontested layups. So when I mean, someone like that is scoring, um you can't pack the paint, have five guys in the paint and also have no rim protection. So I just thought they had no, no shot of stopping Utah from the you know that that part is not just on Bohemian Gortat because that's that's the rim protection part, but it's also the guards. They gotta stop stop some type of penetration. So I mean you can't put it all on the back line defense. It's also keeping the guards from penetrating. You know, it was just a debacle defensively. All offensively, they missed shots. I mean, Washington had yeah, they took contested jumpers, but they still missed a lot of mid-range shots that they normally make.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: You're right. That's something I, early on, my, my thought was Utah's just playing. Don't come back. Well, that's the I was Utah was playing great. I mean, sometimes you have to give it up to the other team. I, like you said, I thought the Wizards had some decent shots. Maybe they're not the ideal shots, but, but they were getting open uh, and ball wasn't falling. And it was a four-point game. And then, like, the last four or five minutes of the first quarter, Utah goes on a 10-0 run, and then it just – the first seven minutes – or the first five minutes of the second quarter, they outscored them – I think this is the approximate numbers here – a billion to two. I mean, it got – it was up to, like, 26 points like that, and all, and then the game was over. Um, but early on, I, yeah, I didn't think the Wizards were playing particularly poorly because Utah was playing at a really high level. But then later in the second quarter – we started seeing some of that uh, uninterested Wizards basketball that we we saw in that first half of uh, Philadelphia, and maybe some of that first half in Minnesota, and that we've seen some other some other of these games, and, and then the second the second half really just never got going. Uh, Utah's just continued to pile on. The, uh, the, you know they, they've looked uh, they've looked really good. You know uh, by the way, before we uh, b- before we get too far away here, we do have some breaking news, Adam. Um, the set the, the turnover streak is over. While we were getting ready, I was wondering.
2: I've, I've been watching out of the corner of my eye. I couldn't tell.
0: <laughs> While we were I getting ready, Saderanski committed a turnover with nine eleven remaining in the in the game. A bad pass. So his first streak in five games with Wall out. I looked it up. He he hadn't committed a turnover since the second quarter. Of the Utah game, oh, I'm sorry, of the Toronto game, uh, which was, uh, boy, what was that? Over a week ago, right? By uh, the way, no, yeah. uh, November 20th, way over a week ago. So, yeah. Yeah, the 19th was Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, pretty uh, pretty wild that it went that long, but but even the Saturansky magic t- could not overcome this, this onslaught. Um, l- l- let's talk about. A couple specific things here. Bradley Beal, he, he went with the goggles again, or the glasses, whatever you want to say. Ditched, went for him for a while, then eventually ditched him. He has, presumably he's not going to come back in with three minutes to go. Four, fifteen from the field. 0 for four from three. Um, one rebound, one assist, one turnover in 28 minutes, 11 points. You know, I know that the narrative is going to be, oh, Wizards, look, another bad game without John Wall. And look, I guess there's something opposite to that. They would be better off if John Wall was on the court, right? I don't think that's a tough sell. But they have not been getting the Bradley Beal that we're all expecting either. And look, part of it has definitely got to be he's not feeling so swell, uh, wearing those glasses. That's why he keeps ditching them. Um, you know, his eye still looks like, you know, he got, uh, you know, went, went, you know went, went 10 rounds with uh, Mike Tyson or something. But, you know, he, but somebody noted to me, his shot wasn't exactly falling in a few games prior. I'll do the math here while I ask you what your take on, on Beale is. But in his last now six games, he will have only shot better than 42%. That's a pretty low bar, better than 42% once. And that was in the Philly game where he only played 23 minutes because he, he missed a chunk of the first half with the eye issue. What's your sense here on what the heck is up with Beal, or maybe to the point is the fact that he is so off sort of killing them because they're already out they're already missing wall.
2: Well, I think the problem tonight and even in the Detroit game is they're playing him at point guard too much and giving him too much ball handling uh, duties. I mean, he's improved his ball handling. So against Utah, a team that plays really quick defense, nice rotations and they have a, uh, you know, the rim protector, if he's going to play point, he needs to be able to distribute. He needs to be able to get the ball in position for someone else to score. And that's not what Beal does when he's dribbling the ball. When Beal has the ball, he's looking to either do a hesitation move on and drive or pass the ball to a big man who can pass it right back to him. So he's not advancing the offense when he's the point guard. And I think against a really good defensive team, like tonight, it just, you know, you, you can't have him running the – uh it hurts him, and it hurts the whole team, but it also hurts him because – he can't get shots up when he's being pressured and he's dribbling. You know, we can't get that space to get a shot up when he's the only ball handler and they're doubling him and shifting the offense toward him. So I'm just saying it's another reason why it hurts. And that might be one of the reasons why Beal is struggling because a lot of his shots now
0: are, are forced. No, you make a good point. I noted that the Wizards were already down 21. So it's not to say that things were going swell. Um, but, you know, it was at that point when Scott Brooks went with the no point guard lineup. So Beal and Meeks in the yeah. backcourt. Saturday's kid had been in, wasn't, I, this was not a game where Saturday, we were like, oh, why is he taking Sato out? He's been really good. Yeah. No, well, nothing much was happening. Okay. But Brooks went with the all, uh, went with the no point guard lineup and Utah scored the next 11 points. And I guess you could truly say the game was over from that point. You know, 21, we've seen the Wizards blow that lead before. But when you get over 30, it starts becoming more problematic. And, yeah, I'm with you. Like, look, I I get it on some level. You're trying different things. But, um, yeah, I mean, it it, it just doesn't seem like that's a great look. It's a tough call. I mean, I I do think Bradley Beal in theory has some of those abilities, and you want the ball in his hands. And, you know, I know there was earlier in the year when I looked up some two-man stats that Jody Meeks' stats with Beal were pretty impressive. But in in a general sense, I, I I I'm I'm with you. This two this no point guard lineup just has not worked. And considering where Beal is, you know, his struggles with his shot of late, and also he's dealing with his eye thing, just seems like that's a lot to put on him right now. When you uh you know when he's not an optimal uh, circumstance,
2: Utah's just this is the this is not the game to do it. Just with their defense that they have. It the same thing with. You know, he was doing it against Avery Bradley, which – against Detroit, you know, which, which made no sense. So, yeah, he's a better ball handler than he was before, but you got to sort of pick and choose.
0: All right, so we were just talking about Bradley Beal, and I think Adam's uh, – or our, our connection started to get a little bit wonky. So we switched it over to our usual form, uh, so we'll pick it up uh, from there. The game is mercifully over, though. I can at least report that um, the Wizards lost – 116 to 69 (laughs) is that is special. That, that is, uh, that is really, you know, I don't know what to say about that. But anyway, Bradley Beal, we, we were both talking about the fact that, um, well, you were talking about the fact that his, uh, earlier about the fact that Brooks was going with the no point guard lineup and that this just has not been, uh, working at all here. Um, do, do do you put in anything to the fact, I mean, obviously he's better off with John Wall, but like, it's not like we haven't seen Bradley Beal have some strong games earlier. Does it feel for some reason that he's, like, I, I think I even asked Beal when Wall went out, like, I was like, look, this is really your first opportunity to be the guy for a long stretch of time. Because even when Wall missed some time before, you always had veterans around. He was the true kid. This is like his real first test or first opportunity to be the guy for an extended time without the Arizes, the Pierces, or whatever. Do you think by any chance of this sort of getting into his head a little bit with the way he's been uh, shooting?
2: I don't think so. I, I really do think it's more about them treating him like he's James Harden. It, you know, the way they're playing him is if he can be that primary ball handler and also put up 30 points and also get, you know, 10 assists. I mean, that, that's what Harden is capable of doing, but that's not the type of player that Beal is. So I, I think he'd be fine, maybe get him off the ball a little, start running more plays for him off the ball like he normally gets. And he's fine if he gets into a rhythm. I think he's not getting to the basket at all, I mean, you're seeing. So it's all jumpers. He's forcing uh, a lot of shots when he does get to the rim and missing. And, and that's what he was doing earlier in the season. He was going to the rim and making it. You know, there's incredible percentages at the rim. So I think he just needs to get back to positions where he can actually attack the rim. He he doesn't really beat people off the dribble when he's you know 40 30 feet from the basket playing point guard. That's that's not his game. He can't beat his man and you know avoid the uh, help defense down low. You know he needs to be a little more a little more in the action, a little more moving off the ball and coming off picks and, and beating people when the defense shifts, finding that lane to get to the rim. Uh, you know he's not the he's not the guy who can beat an entire defense um when they're set against him, you know, one on five. But so I think it'll be okay. I think it's just uh, more of more of the offense is all being on on his shoulders.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to, they have not updated NBA.com yet. Uh, their stats are trying to get a get a sense of uh, their numbers. In that event, going into the game, Beal was shooting... Over the last five games, 37% from three, but only 36% from the field, um, which is obviously uh, way too low for him. But let me not put this on Bradley Beal by any stretch of the imagination. This was a yeah. team, stu- a team suck. <laughs> they were all bad. I mean, you know, Otto Porter is often the guy who, you know, I always sort of say when everybody falls apart, you can at least count on a on a viable Otto effort. And, you know, he had 14 points, 6 of 13 shooting, 2 for 2 from 3, 6 rebounds, 0 turnovers. Doesn't sound that bad, but, you know, he was out there with the starters, and I wasn't noticing anything particularly impressive from him. But whatever, at least that's, you know, what I just read to you for his numbers are by far better than basically everybody else. Marquise Morris had five fouls with like, I don't know, eight, nine minutes to go in, this, in the third quarter or something like that. And my favorite part was that Scott Brooks didn't even bother taking him out. And well, and
2: Marquise fouls were also like blowout fouls. They were the ones where anyone got near the basket about to score, he just fouled them. So, uh, but yeah, at that point there was no need to preserve minutes for, for any players. But I give Marquise credit because he was out there fouling people. That's at least, you know, you want to see that at least. Some type of, some type of anger about how the game is playing out.
0: That's the, but, sp- that's the spirit. Um... You know they always say you know rebounding and defense is is as much about desire as anything else. The, the probably the most distressing part about that Philly game was how just dominated the Wizards were on the boards, and then they came back against the Pistons and and did it to the to Detroit. Well now it goes back the other way. Uh, per NBA. Com, Wizards out rebounded 52 to 31. Uh, the, I don't even know if this counts team rebounds, but they just got work. Or well, Todd had seven. Uh, at least three people in Utah had at least that many, including some guy named Royce O'Neal, who I had never heard of prior to tip off. Had you heard of Royce O'Neal? No. (laughs) But he was very active tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Royce O'Neal, like everybody else on Utah would have been the Wizards, uh, best player. I also thought for the Wizards, you know, early in the game, Rudy Gobert, he'd been out for a while with an injury and he, he blocked a Gortat shot early and, it just felt like he made his presence known. He only played about half of the first quarter. He's on a, minutes, a bit of a minutes restriction, but even when he would left the game, it felt like the Wizards had started to settle for jumpers. They weren't there wasn't a lot of attacking of the paint, and it's it almost like they kept thinking he was there. And, and that seemed to just carry over. Uh, and, and like I said earlier, they just couldn't even make a shot. So the combination of settling for jumpers and then obviously <laughs> not making them is a uh, is a pretty bad. Uh, proposition the Wizards route scored 50 to 24 points in the paint and on top of it they only made four threes and Utah made 16 that is not going to uh that's not going to work uh at all so the Wizards are back at it tomorrow against Portland if if you if I give you Scott Brooks's uh contact information you got any what would be the one thing I guess you would say to him uh piece of advice suggestion even if it's just to say hey man you got to get away from basketball tonight go watch uh, stranger things what what would your uh what would your one piece of advice be to him right now
2: well i mean i feel like the so i do i blame scott brooks a lot for you know blowing the leads late in games when the offense stalls and he you know allows wall and be able to play hero ball and maybe a substitution pattern but i really think that tonight, I mean, aside from saying like a football coach, oh, he didn't have his guys ready to play. um, This really should fall on the players, because it was a lack of effort and energy from the start. So, I mean, if I were Scott Brooks, I wouldn't say a word to the team. I would give them like the uh, Randy Whitman treatment. Let them sit there and think about what they've done and go to the plane and get to Portland and show up and, and do something because um, I, I feel like there's not much that even needs to be said. It, it has to be on them. The players need to feel embarrassed and humiliated. And for them, this is one of those times, I think, where the players say in their post-game comments, which we'll see in a little bit, they say, well, this is a game where I'm happy that we're playing tomorrow night. I'm happy that I don't have to wait three days to play again. You know, I want to get this, this, this win, uh, this, this game out of my uh, you know, the taste out of your mouth, and you want that twenty-four hours later to have a game. So we'll see I, if that is indeed what they say, which is, I think they will say. Um, let's see. You have twenty-four hours. Come back and and make us forget about this game.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, and that's right. I mean, I don't think there's any one major thing that I would say, to Scott Brooks. You got to do. I would. I would agree. This is this game. I can't. It's hard to blame the the, the coaching staff. I will say this, if I'm going to go the other way and come up with a radical idea, um, and I'm not saying this is a long-term solution. I'm just saying maybe this is something to do tomorrow. I would maybe consider starting Oubre because for whatever he is, Kelly Oubre plays with a lot of energy. He's the guy on the team. You know, Bill Simmons always talks about this irrational confidence guy. That they, the teams need to have. Well, that's Oubre for the Wizards. No matter what the situation is, he doesn't seem to be intimidated. And they need something right off the bat. Now, I'm not saying this is all on Marquise Morris, but, you know, he had one rebound tonight in, 20, in 23, in 22 and a half minutes. Um, you know, he, he really did, was a non-factor offensively. I mean, he had 11 points, but, you know, the, the, I mean, the whole team was a non-factor offensively. Again, that's not just on him. Um, Again, if if I'm just saying, if I was going to go with a radical approach, I might go for that because these slow starts that they're having have really been problematic for a little bit. And you know, the you know, the other I guess argument would be maybe go Saturansky instead of Frazier, but then you know, the second unit again, you know, has largely been pretty good um, with um, with him in there. By the way, just looking at the plus minuses, (laughs) the bench really did get the raw end of it tonight. So before I pick too much on the starters. Kelly Oubre is plus-minus in 28 minutes, a minus 42. Wow. Uh, Jody Meeks minus 35. I mean, Morris was only a minus five in 22 and a half minutes. Tim Frazier, a minus eight and 20. Uh, Otto was the worst starter, at minus 21. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it really was. It really was bad. I mean, that, that beginning of that second quarter is really when things all fell apart, and, and there were a bunch of bench guys in there, but not, you know, not solely.
2: Yeah. And I think the one point about Uber, I mean, he, he was the one guy I think who was playing with energy. He he still fell back into some of his bad habits of forcing the ball uh drives, you know, into, into big men. But again, I think that was, everyone started doing it, but he definitely was a guy who brought energy. So I could see the idea of, of starting him. Um But you know, it's hard to, yeah, this is one of those losses where, I mean, the, the plus minus doesn't do it justice, and I don't think you can really put it on any one player, so.
0: No, no. Uh, you know, we're no, no,
2: not, not saying you, that you were, but, yeah. um, I mean, Ubre, I'm just looking, yeah, I mean, he, he was the only guy to sort of get to the free throw line. He sort of, you know, he played hard, but I'm looking at his line now, and in, I guess in 28 minutes, he only had one rebound,
0: so um that is true I don't know he, he didn't know the free throw line eight times but yeah there's no stat on here that's any good at all I'm just sort of going back to the Marquise Morris aspect of it in terms of you know he's well you know what let's just forget it I don't even want to pick on any player because they all sucked I mean that's just the bottom line if I single out anybody it would infer that it, that that if this person had done their job they wouldn't have lost by 8,000 points and that's obviously not the case I'm just simply looking at you know, a, 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 another struggling first quarter. Um, but you know, again, it was it was it wasn't too bad until the last few minutes, um, of the game. But you know, I, ultimately, I have to pin. You know, ultimately, to, to me, it all has to come back to the starters. I mean, the bench has played very well these, you know, in the, in the previous four games, even when they've had some of these bad bad games. And uh, you know, the, the starting the starters to me are not getting it done more than the bench, even if, like I said, the, the looking at the plus minus, the bench numbers are outrageously horrible. Um, in this uh, in this game, um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I'm at a, you know, it, it normally there's something to pick on or there's something to praise. <laughs> i just run out of I've just run out of words at this point. It, this was just one where you have to throw away. Except for the fact that I, I say that. Except you know, the Wizards have now lost what four of what have they lost? Six of nine. Um, since uh, the, dropping that second game to Miami, a game in which they fell behind by 25 points and came back nearly one, but didn't. Then they lost to Toronto, beat Milwaukee, lost to Charlotte, that blew that one, lost to Portland, blew that one, beat Minnesota, got whooped by Philly, even though they came back, beats Detroit, lose to Utah. I mean, th- 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 this has been a pretty, you know, we're talking about since November 17th that th- this is going on here. And again, you know John Wall, that, absolutely can't be ignored but you know you keep having these blowout losses it's you know it starts to question you know what what is truly going on here
2: and it's the inconsistency as well not just the blowout losses but after doing what they did against Detroit and all the goodwill of people saying okay well now maybe the the bench is playing much better and Maybe they've turned it around. I mean, you're just seeing that this is what the problem is. It doesn't matter. This game doesn't matter because they're probably going to beat Portland. The Portland game doesn't matter because they're probably going to lose, you know, the next game. It's it, There's no consistency. So there would be no, no evidence that they've actually turned a corner. You can't just look at one game with this team because they just fall back into their bad ways, and then they have a good chance of, of turning it on for like three or four games. So really, if you look at it as a whole, the inconsistency is really what's disconcerting because that's really what matters when you get to the playoffs. If if you say the regular season doesn't matter because it's just a matter of whether they can turn it on in the playoffs. I mean, this this is what they need to be able to do and they haven't shown it ever because they haven't done it in the playoffs consistently. They haven't done it in the regular season consistently. So that's really what you want to see. You want to see a level of consistent effort and energy and execution because that's what they're going to need when they have a full strength at the end of the year. And so that's really what, is what is disappointing. It's just, you know, the the Detroit game is irrelevant because of what they just did tonight. And of course they're not as bad as they played tonight. Um, this happens, you know, on these road trips, you know, these type of games happen, but the, you know, there's no confidence that they can actually put it together, especially when you're watching Cleveland win 11 games in a row. You're seeing Boston at 20 and four or, or whatever they are. And you know, where is there an inkling of any you know, reason to believe that at the end of the year, if they were to get to the second round and play either of those teams, that, that you would be confident they're going to win? And that's really, if you go back to the beginning of the season, that was the thought. That was the hope. It's three top teams. Why can't Washington beat Boston? Oh, they were close to Cleveland last year. Maybe they could improve. I mean, that's really where we started the season. So take a snapshot now, a quarter of the way through the season, how do you feel now versus how you felt at the beginning of the season? And that's really where the disappointment is. I mean, that's you know looking at it from a bird's eye view of what's happened the first quarter of the season, and and that's what makes games like this disappointing. But also this having followed the Detroit game.
0: Scott Brooks just dropped that. Well, we get to play tomorrow night. Hopefully, we can regroup and play much better. Line. That's
2: that's, that's what see. That's what uh I, I knew that was going to be coming, and I'm sure the players are all gonna say the same thing, you know, um, but that's great. But then let's let's see what happens in, in 24 hours.
0: By the way, I was just looking at Beal's stats at NBA.com, still hasn't updated, but in his last two games, so the two games after getting hit in the eye, Beal's 0 for 7 from 3 and 5 of 8 from the free throw line. Um, his shooting isn't any better. He's 8 for 26 from the field. So while he was off earlier, it was, you know, Re- relative off. He was still hitting some threes, um, you know, taking more shots, whatever. And uh, right now he's definitely off. Um, all right, man. We, I, look, I, I, you know, I, I was really excited. You know, everybody likes when you, when, when you're on the podcast, they, they, I always get questions. When, when's Liddell's place coming back? Well, you know, what's going on? <laughs> we, need, we need his analysis. And now we get a game where there literally, there's no analysis to be offered. I mean, it, it, terrible performance. You're right. In a general s- season, These kind of games are going to happen. I always remember that game last year in Milwaukee where they just got annihilated by the Bucks. It felt like this game of last year, except that that was a one-off more or less. That, that, you know, the the next, uh, you know, I don't remember the exact sequence, but the games in front of it and behind it, you know, they played at a pretty good level, won a lot of them, et cetera. This has, you know, now been a a, a stretch of now, of, of multiple weeks where up and down, up and down, you know, where are they going? Um, and they're right, right now they're going nowhere. Sputtering, to say the least. Um, so, yay for that! You got any big plans? Uh, the, what do we got here tomorrow night? Portland's another late game. You got big plans? Are you uh, going out to the to the bar to the bars to watch it with all your people? Or are you uh, doing it from home? What's your what what what's the what's the yellow scene tomorrow night?
2: To Portland, we're looking at a uh, ten o'clock start. We're looking at uh, my apartment
0: yeah I mean, that's, that's gonna be that's the worst part, at least if this was a, a, at home like we would uh, you know we'd be done sort of by now, we'd all possibly be going out and having an adult beverage and discussing instead you know I still got we still gotta i still gotta finish this podcast, I got other stuff to do It's late and tomorrow's gonna be even worse, doesn't even start till ten
2: then yeah, then you got Phoenix this is another ten o'clock start on Thursday,
0: yeah, so, oh well. We will see. It's a late road trip. I, well, I, look, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh, if you've got some other words of wisdom, I'm happy to hear them because I'm at a loss for, for what to say about this one. This is just a, utterly, <laughs> an utter disaster from, from Bay almost start to finish with, you know, almost no specific silver lining I can point to, to, to of any reality.
2: Well, unfortunately, I have to type something about this game. So whatever I do come up with, you can read it online tomorrow. So, but I got to come up with it first.
0: That is at the uh, at the greattruthaboutit.net. Well, look, man, I have faith that you will. I, I would just, you know, <laughs> you, you could just like write like a couple of paragraphs of, of, of some real work, and then just drop it and just say, "Yep, I'm m- American, mimicking the wizards. Not even gonna, you know, bother finishing the rest of this because they didn't, or something like that." I
2: wouldn't ha- wouldn't even have to go a paragraph deep. I'm doing
0: that. <laughs> All right, well, let's see if they can turn it around. Obviously, Portland, they know Portland. They just saw them a few days ago and they blew a huge lead in the fourth quarter. <coughs> Excuse me, end the end the game to them, so there should be some revenge on the mind, but they got to just come out and look, you know, have a reasonable performance, win or lose. You can't go you, you can't turn this again. Uh you know, anything even in the ballpark of another blowout tomorrow and I think we really have to start questioning what's happening here, but for the moment, we'll go with the blip at, right, aspect of it and see what they can come up with.
2: <coughs> Fair enough.
0: All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks to you guys for listening. Wish I had better uh, better thoughts today, but don't blame me for this one. Uh, until next time,
1: see you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.